Welcome back to Becoming Your Best Version, a podcast in which I get to interview inspiring women whose paths have crossed mine. And this inspiring woman, Dara Goldberg, is the founder of the Lovin' Midlife Movement. It is just an awesome thing that she is doing. She's a change maker, an entrepreneur, a speaker, and as I said, the founder of the Love and Midlife Movement. She's known for her undying passion to make the world recognize women in midlife are invincible, not invisible. After 15 years advising and raising millions of dollars for nonprofit organizations and charitable foundations as a founding partner of a consulting firm, she woke up one morning and realized that something was off. This was a pivotal moment. As society told her she was crazy for wanting to leave her perfect job, where she is when she realized she needed to change. There needed to be a change. Now she advocates for and brings together women in midlife to change the way society looks at, listens to, and understands them. Appearing weekly on Clubhouse, she has sparked a community of like-minded women who are fiercely proud to call themselves women in midlife. As she sparks conversations about aging with confidence and excitement, she lives in Philadelphia with her husband, two stepdaughters, two cats, and a super silly dog named Chumley. Check out loveinmidlife.com for more info. You can find her on Clubhouse House and Instagram at, at Dara, D-A-R-A, does midlife. Welcome, welcome. Thank you, I'm thrilled to be here. Well, you are turning midlife for women on its head. First of all, you have this really powerful guide called We Are Not Invincible, we are invincible, not invisible. Six simple, powerful steps to help stop the misconceptions about midlife for women. Tell us what made you decide to, to create this guide? I was 42. And as my bio says, in the midst of what, what had been a great career, and then it wasn't and I wasn't happy and I had no um, motivation. And I decided I was, something was wrong with me. There had to be something wrong with me. I felt guilty, ashamed, and I did what I think a lot of us do. I decided I must be having a midlife crisis. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't that, it was, I mean, both, you know, looking inward myself and getting help, I realized it was a midlife growth spurt. Mm. And we, especially women, we have them in midlife. You know, growth isn't reserved for just the young, right? So what had happened is how I fulfilled my sense of purpose and meaning had shifted and it made me it helped me feel better, but it made me angry that we are misunderstood. And when we change, it's thought of that the problem is within us and something we have to solve when it's actually a beautiful thing. The emotions aren't, right? Feeling 
yucky and not loving what you were and not knowing, I call it the in-between space between who we have been and who we're becoming, we don't yet know. So it's really uncomfortable, but it's an amazing time for us women. I agree. I completely agree because so many of my friends and acquaintances feel rudderless when, particularly when they become empty nesters. Mm. And I did myself and I did not cope well. I took to drinking more Mm. and blew up my marriage and blew up my life. But here we have someone who is ready to help you women, ready to help you with a bit of guidance beyond your friends and family to help you move through this chapter with grace and purpose. So I really am impressed by this uh, cadre of women you have brought together to act as, I guess, coaches on uh, for confidence or spirituality or health and nutrition. Tell us about your corral of advisors and how they help your uh, clients and friends. Sure, the love and midlife movement has basically two components to it. One is for women who are already loving it and want to be more and feel energized and activated to play a role in changing the way society sees us. And so the guide you mentioned is a series of steps that we can take, they can take, you know, that's totally around changing the wording we use, you know, being in touch with your own limiting beliefs and stereotypes that we're believing without knowing it. That's one kind of piece of the work. The other is that I make no assumption that we're all loving midlife, right? There's plenty of women who are not, and it's a tough time, and there's trials and tribulations. And so what I wanted to do and have done is put together, as you mentioned, this cadre of coaches that women can turn to that specialize in all different areas related to what matters to women in midlife. So those are the two pieces that you're seeing there. Love it. I love it. And all of you should look at L-O-V-I-N, lovinmidlife.com, because it is rich with resources. And I love the things that you speak on publicly, like this topic, how I know the midlife crisis is a myth. Tell us, why is it a myth? It's in our culture, it is talked about with frequency, but it's really a myth, how so? It's, um, you know, and I know I touched on it quickly before, it's this notion that when what has been fulfilling us no longer does, Mm -hmm. it's a breakdown, it, you know, and it's a crisis. And I don't mean it's not bad and feels bad, but it's not a breakdown. It's, I want, you know, choose whatever term works for you, but it's a midlife growth spurt. It's a midlife awakening. You know, it's midlife renewal, whatever the word is, but not crisis, because that suggests it's something wrong with us. And it's absolutely not, right? It's like you experienced it when your kids left and I absolutely get how hard that is. And I'm eight months away from it, by the way. So I'll be calling you. And 
But the thing is, it was that time where you had to figure out who am I now, right? What do I want now? What matters to me besides my kids? Not that they don't. And society tells us that what you experienced is a flaw in you. So mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I love it. And Dara even has a shop where you can buy t-shirts that say loving midlife, invincible, not invisible. I mean, how empowering is that? I love it. Uh, apparel and accessories. We all can change, change the template. We can change what society has sold us, which is not what we have to accept at all. Right. And I love, love, love that the work that you're doing Thank you. So when when your client or someone comes across your work and says, well, sure feels like a crisis and crummy to me. I really don't feel good about menopause and being in midlife. I just feel completely invisible. What are some things you are or how do you approach someone who who feels that way and and doesn't know where to start? What's something that you would suggest? The first thing I say, and it's come up a lot in clubhouse rooms, I'm not personally a coach. So, you know, it's not expertise that I'm speaking from in that sense. But the first thing is to give yourself permission to be lost and to feel lost. And I call it like lost in transition because you're going through a change and whether it's the physical changes, the psychological changes, the developmental changes, because going back to what I said earlier, we have milestones, developmental milestones throughout our whole life. Mm -hmm. But society tells us only when you're kids and teens and in your 20s, do you have them. And so if it's menopause or if it's a relationship change if it's an emptiness those are different milestones in your life so i think step one is don't blame yourself give yourself permission to have those uncomfortable emotions mm -hmm. because the emotions are actually the data that are saying beneath them is the message that you're going through what i keep calling the growth spurt and so there's literally a process in transition where you have to tend to those emotions because you don't have the clarity to say, what do I want now? What matters to me now? But as you get through, you know, the emotions and hopefully get some support, you're then in a better place to say, let's really tune in to who Maria is now, who Dara is now. What are my values? What do I want? And from that, you can create the roadmap to, you know, what everybody calls the next chapter. That is brilliant. That is brilliant and beautiful. And I am new to the learning that we continue to have stages of growth in midlife. I mean, I guess I knew it on some subliminal level, but I had have recently been reading about Erickson's stages of growth that continue throughout our lifetime and that he terms this stage maturity, maturity, except and in which a time in which we learn how to accept ourselves. Yep. 
And um, I love thinking about it in those terms. And I thank you for increasing the public discourse in those in that manner. I, I love your blog as well. I love how you talked about um, how you talk about pro-age rebels being on the rise and mentioning the Sarah Jessica Parker age shaming uh, thing that she came out on. So maybe some of our listeners don't know about that. Can you describe describe that, um, what Sarah Jessica Parker said and how you support that? Absolutely. I think, you know, it stemmed from she was getting a lot of pushback and, and literally shaming from how old she looked and the fact that she had let her hair go gray and was had not done anything to hide wrinkles and such. And But the, I think it reached its peak when she was having lunch, and forgive me, I'm not going to remember the man's name, but she was having lunch with a good friend who's also, you know, a notoriety. Um, and he had gray hair, she has gray hair, he is dapper and gorgeous for it, and she was being shamed and criticized for it. And, you know, I, I'm not going to get the quote exactly right, but basically she's saying, you know, I'll say we're darned if we do, darned if we don't, right? Like, mm -hmm. we're in trouble if we do take measures to look younger and yet if we don't then we're seen as not no longer beautiful and i think that's all wrong like it's okay if you want to take measures to do whatever you want just be intentional and know you're doing it for yourself and not because society is telling you to and in the same way you know i think you might have seen on my blog i wrote a piece on beauty is endless it's ageless mm -hmm. it's endless and the fact that we have it embedded in our brains and do it to each other like sarah jessica parker experienced the fact that her beauty is seen as declining because she's showing how she is changing is just absurd so that gets my ire up that needs to change I agree. And I love how you collected quotes from famous people like supermodel Christy Turlington talking about her face being a map of her life. And yeah. the more that's there, the better. I love that. That really warms my heart. And people that I really admire, like Andy McDowell, Ellen Barkin, and Kate Winslet, who are not buying into using um, artificial means to keep ourselves from following the natural process of aging. So I, I applaud you and the work that you're doing in that regard. It's really, it's really quite beautiful. Thank you. So it must have taken courage to leave your very successful career to do this work. How, how did you muster up the courage to make such a big change in your, in your life? It, it was, and it was, um, you know, a lot of friends, family thought I was crazy, right? It was <laughs> financially stable, all, you know, all of that. But I, it was almost like I couldn't not in that, 
what was happening, and I'm curious if this has happened to you, I've certainly heard it from other women in midlife, like I had been leading with my head for through my 20s and my 30s. It was all about being smart enough and being you know, knowledgeable enough and building a, a repertoire of expertise, right? And climbing the corporate ladder. And as I moved into my 40s, my heart was, and I know it sounds a little sappy, but my heart was saying, you know, listen to me too. I've got something to say. And I want you to, you need to take a more active role in creating change for women and women in midlife. And it was almost like it arrived in my head and I could not pursue it. So I'm not going to say it was this extraordinarily well thought out, you know, uh, strategic plan <laughs> that I put together, but I knew it was time and I knew that this was the way I wanted my next chapter to look like. So, and I did have a level of confidence that I love to build things and it was going to succeed. I was scared to death. I don't mean that, but so. Well, I, I, there were some similarities in my uh, career shift and I came to appreciate the saying that courage is not the absence of fear, but feeling the fear and doing it anyway. Absolutely. And yes, I, I did not approach my big life change in career change with as much maturity as you did. I blew it up. Oh, don't be confused. <laughs> well, I had some uh, alcohol problem. I am oh, a recovering alcoholic. So I have nine years of sobriety now. And, oh, um, but I self-medicated and I had all these horrible, uncomfortable feelings and I drank them away. So I wish I could have approached it with a little more thought like you did, but I'm in a great place now. I'm yeah. in a fantastic place and I'm happy with my life. I feel a sense of purpose. I oh, feel like I'm doing it. things that help other people and using really the trauma from my past as a force for good now. Mm -hmm. So I feel really, really happy and gra grateful for that. Um, and we talked earlier about the coaches that you've assembled. So if someone signs up at Love and Midlife, do you match them with the coach or how does that work? They have ready access to, you know, on the site under coaches, mm -hmm. there's each person's bio and contact information. And people are certainly welcome to get in touch with me and I will um, come up with who I think would be best based on what they're saying, feeling they need, but they can also directly uh, contact them. I, I wanted it to be not formal. I really want it to be kind of compassionate and, and private if people want. Yeah. So. Wow. What a service you are doing for our community to have vetted these coaches yourself and promoted them so that we can all get the help that we need. Thank you for doing that. Thank you. It's it's absolutely a passion project. I, I could not love it more. Oh, well, aren't we lucky that you have turned your considerable talent to helping people like me? Yay! Aww. 
So the question I like to ask all of our inspiring women is what do you do personally to become your best version? I love the question. Um, I think there are several things. I mean, there's many, but I'll just do a few, which is one, and I mentioned it before, I give myself permission in midlife to lead with my heart. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't mean my brain takes a total backseat, but I really let my heart be a guide that I never did before. Mm -hmm. Another one, um, is that I have always been one to talk to myself. Um, what it used to be is the inner critic all the time. Mm -hmm. And now it sometimes is, I'm not gonna say I've banished it totally, but now one, I have to say in midlife, and I don't know whether you do this or other women, but I talk to myself out loud and I talk to my dog when we're on a walk and but it's so much more compassionate wow. and it really you know it, it's about saying Dara you know what you're scared this isn't going to work or you're this and or you you know not you blew it but that didn't go right like literally using different words um I do that a lot and I have to say it really helps me show up for people and for my work and for my family in a way that feels like it's a choice and it's coming from, you know, I'm the one making the choice. And just one more I'd say is um, reminding myself that I'm always gonna be and we all are a work in progress and growth is infinite, right? Mm, I love that. I love all three of those points. And yes, it took a lot of work for me to change the negative tape that had been playing in my head for so long. I love everything that you've said. And I am so grateful that I've asked that question now to almost 50 women, and none of them have had the same answer. Not oh, one. It. Not one. So I thank you for helping me remember that this is a growth spurt, not a crisis, yeah. and um, for opening my uh, perception and reality to even more good things. So again, you can find Dara and her work at loveinmidlife.com and join us again next week for another inspiring woman. Thank you, Dara. Thank you so much. This was wonderful. Thank you.